If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Welcome to the MTM Podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and from As the Joe Flies, Joe Chung. As a reminder, before we get into the show, if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe. You can do that in any podcast app. Just search Miles to Memories, or you can head to mtmpodcast.com for links to subscribe, apply for cards, support the show, anything like that. Our Patreon, everything there at mtmpodcast.com. Hey, gentlemen, how, uh, how's your week been? Joe, do you want to talk about your tree? Uh, do I want to? So just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to put a PSA out there for people. Do not put your Christmas tree out a little bit late and also the night before a snowstorm because my neighbor's tree, I'm looking at it from my house down the street. It's March 21st as we're recording this and it is still there because it was covered in snow for like a month and a half after they put it out in late January. You know, just pro tip out there. Don't put the tree out until after the snowstorm. Just buy a fake tree. Done. Or you could do that too, but you know, <laughs> that's how we do it in Vegas. Fake trees is all all we have. Yeah, you can just so. buy a candle, right, for the smell. If you really want the smell, yeah. I don't know. You guys are you guys are smarter than my yeah. neighbor. What can I say? But it's I bet crazy. you in Vegas, it's those white trees that circulate while they're lit up. That's that's the Vegas way. <laughs> yeah, there there you go. Yeah, we we love it. The fake trees. Anyway, uh, that's what uh, I'm thinking about this morning and every single day when I look at that tree when I leave the house. So. Just go chop it up and burn it. There you go. Done. This is New England. You know, no one has wood stoves here. I mean, <laughs> sorry. This is urban New England. This is urban New England. No one has wood stoves here. Actually, lots of people in New England have wood stoves and fire pits, but just not where I live. But anyway, it's, it's just funny. Just random stuff. Life stuff. Banter. I think the worst part of your story is that you had snow for a month and a half solid to cover that tree up, which just means that it was cold and bitter. And that reminds me, Kirsten's boss, he was like, he lost the key fob to one of his cars. And he's like, I'm pretty sure it's in that snowbank over there. So when it all melted away, <laughs> like the other day, he ran over to that side of the parking lot and was like looking through to see if he could find it. Cause it's, you know, they're like 400 bucks or 300 bucks, something like that. So she saw him like over there and then his car was parked on the other side of the parking lot. So he had to walk across. I don't know if he found it or not, but I thought that was kind of funny. And would it still work after being stuck in snow for so long and then it melting? Who knows? Uh, who knows, yeah. The the crazy things we do in the world today. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in Portland. I've been visiting our friend PDX Deals guy, but got to see some of the cool, like, waterfalls around here. I think they have a waterfall here. I forget the name of it. I know people are going to scream because it's a very famous, it's like the most famous waterfall in the country. And I think it's only, like, it and the waterfall up in northern Michigan in the, in the northern peninsula are the two, like, most famous ones in, in the country. But... A lot of cool stuff here. Of course, it's rainy and stuff, but it's nice to get up here. Portland, really beautiful and no snow. So that's a plus. The only thing that we all care about is, are you going to see the Goonie Rocks? Yes. Next weekend, I'm going back to the coast to go to Astoria and I will be checking out the, the Goonie Rocks and, and all of that stuff. So we did come up most of the coast from Southern Oregon, really beautiful stuff. It's funny when you get from Northern California, which is 
you know, still a little bit more beachy. The very tip of Northern California, it starts to get cliffs and stuff like that. And that's how Southern Oregon is. It's a lot of like cliffs. And then the few towns that you have are more like industrial logging towns compared to like beachy towns and stuff. So the dynamic changes a little bit, but very beautiful. Got to go to Tillamook to their creamery. I don't know if you guys like Tillamook cheese, but I love Tillamook Big cheese fan. and ice cream. Big fan. Yeah. So we got to go to their creamery and see their, how they make all the cheese and eat some samples and get some cheese curds and all of that. So that was fun as well. And then been gallivanting around Portland, seeing all of the sites. So yeah, really fun. When you're on the beach, make sure you go, hey, you guys, and then do the truffle shovel. Okay. Film it all. Put it on TikTok. <laughs> I think you're going to have to visit yourself in order to, <laughs> to get that video made. Not going to do that, but I'll talk about some of the hotels a little bit later in the show. But uh, how has everything else been? So your your Michigan State, they lost in the tournament, Mark. So that was a little rough. Yep, kind of expected. Team wasn't super great this year. Of course, they put us in Duke for the 4700th time. So Coach K and Izzo could play its final year. It was basically set up for that. In the first game, we were playing an ex-captain in their, like, two hours away from their campus. So they really just, like, stuck it to us as good as they could. But I have to say, you know, we played pretty well. Up five with a couple minutes left and just, you know, kind of lost composure at the end there. Good learning experience for next year. And hopefully now that Coach K is gone, we won't have to have Duke in our bracket every single year. <laughs> Off his soapbox now. I, I want to point out it's Multnomah Falls and I think also Horsetail Falls is what we saw in case people out there want to see it because those are really beautiful. It reminded me a lot of New Zealand where you're just like driving down the street. This is in the, in the Columbia River Gorge and you just see waterfall after waterfall after waterfall and uh, it was spectacular. So highly recommend uh, doing that stuff. Get into the show. Didn't we promise Mark last week that you had a, a DoorDash story? to tell are we gonna yeah. save that to the end or are we gonna start off with it we can we can do it okay so since joe never gets to play the game we'll we'll play play a little game with joe okay so doordash has this thing called dash mart which is basically like their internal convenience store where you can get like staples like eggs milk deodorant crap like that so they have like this big warehouse and they fill the orders they staple it all up you just go there pick it up drop it off or whatever so i was in the area it was uh i got a ding for one item and it was like three bucks and, you know, normally I would have said no, but it was like literally four blocks down the street, like a quarter of a mile away. So I was like, oh, I'll go grab this while I'm waiting for something else. And I'm kind of curious what this is. So, Joe, I know your go-to guess is condoms. I can tell you it wasn't condoms. What is your... I'm going to let you take a guess on what the one item was, and then I'm going to tell you where it was delivered to, and then you get another chance. All right. So, first of all, I've been thinking about this all week. I really have. I, I thought of a couple <laughs> different answers. Okay, I thought toilet paper was too obvious, so I, I decided to go with a food that is, like, somewhat random, but someone might need, like, last minute. So I'm going to go with something like peanut butter, just a random okay. food item that uh, I okay. know it's probably wrong, but... You know, it's like Wordle. You got to start with a. You got to start with a guest to <laughs> get going. So, yeah. <laughs> so tell me where okay. it was going. All right. So I was going to a mattress uh, store. They sell sell mattresses. That's it. Oh, don't they need um fake checkbooks for their money laundering? You guys ever read those stories about the <laughs> mattress stores? No. <laughs> I thought it was because people stuff money under their mattress. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. People, I, I read a story about this once that someone tried to do an investigation of like, you know, every time you pass by a mattress store, there's never anyone in there. So it's like, how do these mattress this stores? This was the case. There was nobody in there. <laughs> how do these mattress stores ever make money? And so, you know, I think I can't even, I honestly don't know if it was a joke article or it was a real article, but it was like, are all these mattress stores money laundering or like fronts for like the mob or the mafia or something like that? Going to a mattress store. Um... Yeah, so I walked in and there was n nobody in there. <laughs> so that, that rings true. It was like completely empty. All they had was all these beds everywhere. That was it. Was but, it, was wait, it something that 
Was it something you could eat? Was it like edible? I can't give you any hints. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go, then. I'm gonna go with what I would have ordered if I was in a jam. Diet Coke. <laughs> You're actually pretty close on the first one. So I walk in, and the dude's sitting there at his desk by himself. You know, just making sure the money laundering scheme's going okay. No people in the store. He's got his burger, his fries, his drink, but uh, he forgot to get ketchup when he picked up his lunch. So oh. Heinz ketchup. Oh, yo. <laughs> Mark, uh, I got to say, wow. props to you, Mark, because I also was trying to read your face when I said peanut butter for you to like give away whether yeah. you know, I was on the right track or something. And you gave away nothing. So I was like, oh, maybe it's not food. Wouldn't have been great if it was jelly instead. <laughs> I would have given myself half a point if it was jelly. But you yeah. were close. So, you were pretty. Yeah. You're on the right track. But yeah, I walk in like I looked at the receipt and I was like, OK, this is strange. I walk in. The guy has all his food out there. I was like, what if it took me a while to get here? Somebody did, kept denying the order. Like, <laughs> so it's got a huge bottle of Heinz ketchup for his uh, lunch. It is a good point, though. Like, have you? I mean, I know you guys have experienced this where you order something and then the condiments don't come, or Mexican food, the salsa doesn't come, and you don't get the flavor that you want. It's so disappointing. So I could understand the. I don't know that I would ever go to that extreme ordering a bottle of ketchup, but uh, I, I understand the sentiment. Yeah, I'd throw some, like, Diet Coke in there or something, too. <laughs> Look, when the mob comes to collect its money from the mattress store, you better be there. So you can't run out to get the ketchup yourself. And you know the mob, they're giving you some nice money on top of the money you're earning them. You know, they'll give you a nice tip for uh, running their business for them. So you can afford that ketchup. So smart man. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, Joe, I think we're like, oh, for whatever. We've never guessed anything. We've never guessed right when he asks us what they what they bought. So one of these There's only we'll infinite right. number of options in the world, <laughs> so I don't feel too bad about it. One I got uh, for Walgreens, and it was diapers, and I was like, okay, this makes sense. I get this one. This one, uh, I could see why you would only order diapers or diapers and wipes. Emergency. Explosion up the back. That happens. It's a thing. We, we got the subtext, Mark. You didn't have to make it explicit. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people listening that don't have kids. They didn't get it, so I explained it to them. A mansplained it, okay? <laughs> Very well done. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to go from that to talking about Chase 524, because what greater topics go together than that? But Yeah, speaking of explosive diarrhea, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. We are the best in the business when it comes to transitioning from one topic to the other. So, Mark, you wanted to talk about, like, 524, when to grab a different card, you know, when to focus on 524. Now, to start, just for anybody who's new or isn't, you know familiar with 524. Chase has a rule where you can open five revolving accounts within 24 months. So anything that's a revolving line like credit cards uh, that shows on your credit report. And uh, that's been a rule that's been in place for a few years. And it completely blew up this game, right? A few years ago, like it changed the way that everybody does everything when it comes to strategizing which credit cards to get, which products to get, which order to get things, you know, whether you want to go for business cards, which sometimes don't count, which we'll talk about. And uh, so, yeah, I think this is a good question because especially as people get into the game, I feel like they could be tempted to go one of two directions, completely kind of screw it up and ignore 524 and then maybe pay the price by not getting a bonus later or being way too conservative, not applying for enough cards. And then they're missing out on stuff because they want to preserve their 524. Yeah, it's definitely a tough balancing act. And, and I wanted to bring this up because it, it was such a big deal like a couple weeks ago with the Venture X and their 100K offer with the $200 credit and 
we knew it was going away. We didn't know it was going to drop to and end up dropping the 75k and, and no $200 credit. And people were like, oh, I'm at 424. Or I'm at 224. Or, you know, should I get it? Should I jump on it? I don't want to miss it. And then the Amex Platinum's come out with 150k offer and 10 times earning. And some people were like, no, don't even get that. You need to go for a chase card first. And other people are like, it's better than any chase card you can get. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you that go into this that you need to consider. So I think we, you know, we could just run through them and each individual person is going to be different. Like it, it depends a lot on what your future layout is for things and when other cards are dropping off and all this stuff. Like you could be 424, but you could have a card dropping off in two, three months. So that could change the way you think about things. And it, if you have a two player system and you keep one person around 524 and the other person goes for stuff. So there is no one size fit fits all. And that's what makes it tough. And a lot of the advice out there is usually one size fits all. Like, no, always get chaser. No, that this, this is worth more. So it just, you know, I think we should just run through it, I guess. I like to start with the people who are starting from scratch, essentially. And so let's say you are one or zero 24 and you just discovered Miles to Memories and you want to get into the credit card points, miles and points game. I do feel like for those people, I know we're going to talk about other examples where you might want to think about avoiding Chase or not worrying about your 524 slots. But I do think when you're starting from scratch and you have four to five cards to play with over the course of, say, a year or two, you know, usually when people ramp up, they're going to go one or two cards, do that for the first half year or so to get the sign up bonuses, and then they'll add another one or two cards. I do think that if you're in that scenario, that starting with one of the Chase cards, like the Chase Sapphire Preferred, which is always recommended is a smart idea for two reasons number one like you are still under 524 and you can still get it but number two there's a reason that people always recommend chase sapphire preferred and that's because for beginner beginners it's just one of the simplest cards to use and to understand so i do tell people when they are just starting from scratch that they should look at the chase cards first now that doesn't necessarily mean like a united card because a united card doesn't make sense for many people in many places that they live but i i do feel like the safe the sapphire preferred is a safe bet for you know those beginners but if you already have three or four 24 i do think the thinking changes so i'm curious what you guys think if someone's like 324 or 424 they're getting a card or two what are the factors you think people should be thinking about at that point before we talk about that, let's talk about how you guys calculate what's 524. Probably the best way to do it is to get a copy of your credit report. Uh, you know, you can go to annualcreditreport.com or just get a copy of your credit report and look at the accounts and look at their opening dates because that's what Chase is actually using to determine this. Um, you can also use apps, things like Travel Freely, where you can enter in all of the cards as you get them and then that's an easy way to track them going on. Or a lot of people in the hobby have a spreadsheet which allows them to track things. And I think that's a really good idea if you're starting out is to track all your applications, your dates, your bonuses, everything in a spreadsheet. And then you can refer back to that and that'll help you kind of strategize as you go forward. Do you guys have any other tips on calculating 524? How do you guys do it? No, I think those are like the main main ways you do it. I I write it in a notebook. I have a spreadsheet too, but I also write it in a notebook. Just, I don't know why, old school. Uh, so I track it like that. Like I'll highlight things if it counts like a lot of most business cards don't count there's a few lenders and we have a article on the uh, site that kind of goes through that like capital one used to count against you now it doesn't so stuff like that so a majority of business cards don't count against you but any that i know will count against me i highlight it in yellow and then once it hits the two uh two years since then i'll highlight it green you know currently we're kind of like on a a roll of uh app spree so i'm not even really paying attention to it anymore Usually I tried to keep my wife around 
524 mark, so I would trek hers. I never trek mine because I'll never be anywhere near it. So I think it all depends on what system works for you, but I think those are all good options. Yeah, I do think you bring up a great point, though, Sean. If you are starting from scratch, start a system when you start from scratch. You know, If you, again, are just brand new to this, you probably don't have a spreadsheet tracking your credit card. And when you signed up for them, start one immediately, whether it's a paper notebook, That's funny, Mark. My wife has gotten very into paper planning. She has like a planner now and she writes out everything. I'm like, can I send you a Google Calendar invite? And she's like, no, I must write it down. So I do think some people remember things better if they write it down. It's it's been working for her because we've been really busy. So getting back on track, have a system. Like Sean said, start it when you start playing this game because it gets complicated more quickly than you can imagine. And I do want to just recommend Travel Freely. Uh, You know, we do have a a partnership with them, but it's a free service and if you stay on top of it you can enter all your stuff in there and they will send you reminders automated stuff so that it kind of takes it to the next level uh, you can find a link to sign up right on miles to memories.com on the home page but it's free of charge but you don't have to do that like we said you can do a spreadsheet you can write it by hand you can do whatever works for you and uh, the important thing i think is to track it and then to your point mark about business cards which ones count and which ones don't the simple answer is some banks report business cards to your credit report those ones count towards 524, the ones that don't. The majority of banks don't report the business cards to your report, so those won't count. It's important to know that that stuff as well. So Joe, uh, yeah, let's talk about if you're close to 524, what strategy to take. And I think, again, the answer is different for everyone. The one thing that I would urge people to remember is if you make a mistake, if you apply for a card and now you're over 524 and that amazing bonus comes along and you miss it, it's okay. Like this isn't life or death stuff. You know, you're talking about you know, a bonus that maybe has a thousand dollar value or maybe less. I don't know. I think people take it a little bit too seriously sometimes. You know, you try to do your best with the information you have. Also, you know, you may be passing a bonus that's really valuable in order to wait for a bonus that may never come. So there's that too. Mark, what do you think people should take into account when they're really close to 524 and a bonus like, you know, VentureX comes out? I think a lot of it depends. You got to look at what you already have. My My theory or thinking on this was, I don't really think, especially with the MX Platinum 150K and then 10 times on restaurants offer, there's not enough Chase offers that are better than that. People say, well, you can never get that again if you get past it, but is that IHG card really worth that to you That for an offer that might not be back again or you might not see for a while? So this is what you have to look at. But you also look at VentureX, it dropped by 25K. So is that worth you losing a spot for 25K points worth 250 bucks? Maybe, maybe not. But if you already have a lineup of, you know, you have a couple freedom cards, you have the Sapphire preferred card and you have a couple ink cards, you're probably less likely to be like, okay, I need this or that. So if you're at 324 and you already have the Hyatt card and everything that you want, then I think your decision is a little bit different when these things come available. If you're at 324 because you started this before and you started signing up for cards before you really knew what was going on and you don't have the, the full arrangement of chase cards that you want for your your power wallet i guess you could say then you know that decision's different people that were 424 and were like oh i wanted to grab one more chase card i'm like well grab the chase card and then sign up for the venture x right after like i think people struggle with this a little bit more and they they think they're going to mess things up and and over calculate it sometimes but it, it just you know pick out the chase cards that you really want and then once you get to that i would start worrying about it less like once you have the three or four that you think are perfect for you. Maybe United card is the card that you need because you fly United all the time. It gives you extra award space, you know, but if you're 
just trying to find an extra card and you grab a United one just because it's a chase card for your last slot and you miss out on the MX Platinum, then was it really worth it? Probably not because you're not using United all that much. So I think that's what you, the decision you need to make for sure. Yeah, and like Sean was saying, it's not the end of the world if you miss one of these things. And the reality is if you hold a slot in perpetuity waiting for a chase mega sign-up bonus to come along, then you might miss the... You know, the Capital One Venture X, that sign-up bonus lasted for like three, four months, right? You you could have missed that just because you were waiting. So for me these days, I'm like, I just tell myself, I'm going to miss some of these bonuses. And maybe some of those bonuses weren't even going to all work for me. I bring this up all the time, but Club Carlson, I hate you, a.k.a. Radisson. You know, I, I, I signed up. <laughs> for that huge sign up bonus. I don't think I don't think 524 was a thing at the time, but if it had been, then I could have lost out on 524 because of that. But you know, the bottom line is like Mark was saying, you really need to figure out what works for you. Like if you don't live in Newark, by Dulles, Chicago, do you really care about the United card? Even if even if they dropped a new United card with a huge sign up bonus, like do you care about that? So these are all the kinds of things that you need to think, have your own personal plan for where you want to go and what miles you need to get there and then hopefully great sign up bonuses come that dovetail with those goals that you have. And I think also looking at like your future plans, it plays a big role too. Cause if you're at like 424 and you're saving this spot, but a card is coming up off dropping off in like four months, maybe it's going to take you two to three months to, to hit this venture X 10 K bend. So you would have dropped back below by then, you know, by the time you could get a chase card anyway. And to be honest, the chase personal cards are not the greatest of offers right now. So I think people are stressing over it and it's, you're not missing out on a ton. If you have that dropping off and, in the near future. Now, if you're like, you just hit started this thing and you're, you know, a year and a half away from having a card drop off, that's a totally different thing. And you might want to focus on business cards until that perfect offer comes out. Or maybe you're waiting for the world of Hyatt to get off their crappy offer they have right now. Go back to the original like 50K offer. I can understand that. So, you know, just play around with those, those aspects of it. You know, the best personal card right now is the, uh, as far as welcome offer is probably the British Airways Avios card. And that's really difficult to use these days because there's not a lot of AA saver space. So even though it's the most valuable, doesn't mean it's going to be uh, useful to you. So that's another thing to consider as well. And one last thing, I think there might be people out there listening and being like, opening five credit cards in two years, that sounds like a lot. And if that's a lot for you, then, you know, that's good too. You can just go at your own pace and figure it out. And so if you're somebody who wants to open an offer every six months, and you're constantly under 524 just because that's your spend threshold, that's what you're comfortable with, it's okay. There's so many ways to do this hobby. There's so many ways to do it. Don't sweat the small stuff. If you make a mistake, we all have made mistakes, all of us, many times over. You know, we've missed out on bonuses that we wanted to get. We've, uh, you know, gotten cards that we probably shouldn't have that cost us other stuff. Yeah, so... (laughs) It's uh, don't sweat the small stuff. I didn't sign up for the CSR when it was 100K for everyone just because I figured that they were going to come back and deny them later or I was working on spending something else. I was like, ah, it probably won't work out anyway. So I'm not, you know, joke was on me. (laughs) We should save that for another time, like uh, our biggest regrets. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that'd be a good one because I got I got I got some. I got quite a few. A long list from all of us, I'm sure. So let's uh, let's move on. I wanted to talk a little bit about a couple of hotels I stayed at recently. You know, trying to provide some flavor, some information, especially so many people are interested in Hyatt. So I, I do stay in a lot of Hyatts. Although I spent most of the last week going up the Pacific Coast where there are no chain hotels other than Best Westerns and Super 8s by Wyndham. I don't understand why the, you know, the 
the courtyard by Marriott's of the world, the Hyatt places of the world haven't made it to the California, Oregon coast, but I very much would like for that to happen because I'm not a fan of staying in, in, in Super 8s. Let's just put it just put it that way. I did stay in a Best Western uh, in Gold Beach, Oregon. It was a very sad looking room, although it was fine. It was right on the ocean. It was really good. But I wanted to shout out to Benji because this Best Western had a breakfast that uh, it put Hyatt Place to shame, like real eggs, good stuff. So maybe Best Western is uh, something to look at, Mark. You ready to uh, to, to join? Oh, yeah. Dive in. Yeah, in. okay. All right, but <laughs> how'd yeah. that di- how that Best Western Diamond status treat you? Would you get? Would you get? I that? actually, so I actually used Chase Ultimate Rewards to book it at one and a half cents each. And actually, I, this is a, an aside, but I was in the Hyatt Globalist Facebook group the other day, and somebody was tr- talking about when to use points versus cash. And the vast majority of people in that group said I would never redeem Hyatt points for less than two cents value. To which I say, and I say very, very sternly, Are you out of your mind? Like. Have you been redeeming Hyatt points lately? Maybe these people only redeem for like category seven and eight where there's the cash price is crazy. You know, like our friend Derek from Travel on Points, his four nights at the Alila Ventana, which are 14K cash price. Yeah, who's paying that? Come on. You're getting great value. <laughs> but if you're staying in a regular hotel, you're almost never getting better than 1.5 cents per point. So, you know, I, I don't know what people are doing there. I, I highly recommend. So I'm always happy to like, Redeem at 1.5 cents. I have a lot of ultimate rewards, though. So I, I got the best Western that way. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. You know, that's something we have to discuss and we've hinted at in the past is like the set per point alter that we all follow to and, and bow down to. It, it needs to stop. Like I wrote an article a couple of months ago about the way to really think about points and if it's worth it to you. Would you buy these points for that price? That's the only question you need to ask. Like if the the hotel, the Hyatt Hotel is giving you 1.4 cents in value if you book it if you would buy hyatt points at 1.4 cents then pay cash for the room because that's essentially what you're doing you're buying points at that price now it gets a little bit more intense because you have to calculate what you're earning on the uh the paid stay too so it actually drops a little bit further but that's the only way you have to uh, look at things would i buy these points if not then use the points it doesn't really matter what the cent per point is People that say, oh, I average three cents per points because they're only booking point stays on inflated prices. Like nobody's going to spend 14 grand to stay at a hotel for four nights. You know, it's just they've propped it up. They give you award space, but you can say I got seven cents a piece or whatever it be. And I know people like to do that, but just focus on what is value to you. You know, focus on getting your travel in any way you want, but do it what works best for you. Don't don't ask other people what you should do in that situation because it all depends on your earn and burn rate how much money you have in the bank how much you want to save all those things play a role set your price on what you would buy points for and anytime it's above that use points if it's below it pay cash and yeah absolutely use your ultimate rewards to book best western (laughs) hotels no just kidding but uh, i was surprised as we went through all these towns there was a best western in every town and when you looked at the reviews often that was the best reviewed hotel or motel i guess you could say in the town. So that was surprising to me. Outside of that, Holiday Inn Express, there was occasionally one, especially in California. Those always had very, very good reviews. That brand seems to really be elevating itself. But on the flip side of that, the prices for points and cash both were very high. So uh, there, there's something there. But uh, yeah, the Best Western was surprisingly good. Real eggs for breakfast, none of that powdered egg stuff that you get at Hyatt Place. Uh, so I was happy with that. But as far as Hyatt goes, uh, we stayed at the Hyatt Centric in Mountain View, which I wanted to talk about. I don't know if I talked about it. We stayed there also in December, 
Um, but this is a Category 5 Hyatt, so it's 20,000 points a night. It's right in the middle of Google and their headquarters, but I paid $92 a night for it. Upgraded to their, basically the equivalent of their presidential suite. So we did two one-night stays. We stayed for one night, got like their junior suite the first night, checked out. We went to California's Great America, which is an amusement park up in Santa Clara. And uh, then we decided we were going to head north, but we just decided we liked the Centric so much that we decided to go back. And so it was it was back-to-back, -back, you know, nights, but it was two separate reservations. When we back, went back the second day, they upgraded us to their equivalent of their presidential suite, their VIP suite, which was just a gorgeous thing. But, I mean, you talk about value there. You know, you're talking $75 breakfast, you know, really beautiful, brand new. This has to be the nicest Hyatt-centric. It almost feels like a really nice Andaz, which is kind of surprising because some of the centrics are conversions. They're not as nice, but... Yeah, it was a really great property. And the question is, the, the cash rates on that property, this is actually a good one for like points versus cash. Although I don't know that there's much debate here. You know, when you're going to pay $100 a night as opposed to 20,000 points, you're going to do that. But it's actually a good example of how like the dynamics have changed, right? Google has a lot of people working from home, a lot less business travel. So a hotel like this provides a, a really extraordinary value for somebody who's paying cash uh, just because it's a little bit slower. Um, but it's good to see through all of our stays that hot breakfast is coming back in the restaurants. You know, they're doing away with this grab-and-go stuff. I think that gives you a lot more value as a Kaya globalist. And we've talked endlessly about whether it's worth it, whether that breakfast actually has value. But when you can, you know, get a steak and eggs, at least it's a decent meal compared to a microwaved Egg McMuffin or something like that. So uh, that's been nice to, to get that as well. And the Hyatt-centric in Mountain View, it's about you know, 20, 15 minutes from Santa Clara, from the 49er Stadium, about 25 minutes from San Francisco. So I highly uh, I recommend that property as well. And on my way up, before we got to the Centric, we also stayed at the Hyatt Regency in Monterey, which it doesn't get as much, you know, fanfare as some of the other properties in that area, like Ventana Big Sur and, um, you know, the Carmel Highlands Hyatt Residency Club. But this property always had like really old rooms and so I never even thought about staying there, never considered staying there, but they recently renovated. In fact, their rooms just came online at the end of 2021. They're brand new rooms. And we got, we stayed there for one night. It's a category four, although our night we stayed was a low demand night. So it was only 12,000 points. And we were automatically upgraded to a, you know, to a huge suite. And this was the most unique aspect of the suite. It was on the ground floor. And this is a golf resort. It was right on the golf course. Like the green for one of the holes was right outside our door. Like I've never, it's almost like closer than when you, if you've ever been to a golf tournament when you're a spectator, our room was closer than that to the green. So we were able to, to watch the golf course, which I thought That's was really dangerous. dangerous. Well, yeah, if you were going to sit else, and it is actually dangerous. And they have like a little stoop, like a very tiny concrete stoop with two chairs on it. So you could actually sit out there like on the, on the balcony, which we didn't do. But yeah, you could certainly get hit with a golf ball. Uh, sitting there but the rooms themselves are spectacular like they did a really good job with this renovation uh, like a lot of the new Hyatt Regencies a very very good value if you're talking about you know Ventana Big Sur going up to 40,000 points and you can get this for 12 or 15,000 points and then drive down there I think that's pretty amazing it's in a good location in Monterey and it has uh, Tesla charging marks so that's uh, always a good thing no really good restaurant with breakfast uh, they had s'more kits for the kids beautiful pools like it's really this enclosed resort on the golf course. So it feels very high end. And I think that's a great use of like a category one through four cert as we look for more, 
more hotels that's for them to devalue next year when we start talking about good uses of the category one through four yeah, but just killed it we just killed it. <laughs> just killed it right now but i really like that property it was one where i didn't want to leave uh, both centric and uh and the monterey those are both properties where i was like oh i could spend more time here and uh, i think they're they're great uh great redemptions or centric if you can get it cheap on cash i think it's great monterey i wouldn't hesitate to, to redeem points there and especially if you can get a suite those suites are, are very nice they have two bathrooms separate bedroom and living room and that's just their standard suite as well so really good that reminds me of uh when we went to the Re- high regency chesapeake bay and we did the golf all you can golf and one hole had like condos down the side of it and they had a privacy fence in between each patio and every single private privacy fence looked like uh somebody had taken a sniper rifle and shot bullet holes through it because people had peppered it with golf balls i'm like who can live here? Like you, I guess at night when the golf course shut down, you can go outside, but I wouldn't want to go outside and look at holes in my fence, like put up a net or something. It was just insane. And knowing, you know, the Eastern shore and that area, I'm sure they are not cheap places. Like, you know, we're talking several hundred thousand dollars for a condo and that's what you have to look at every day. No, no, thanks, man. That's just crazy. But as a novelty for a hotel room, I thought it was really cool. And like I said, I wouldn't stand out there when people are golfing, but when the sun goes down, you get that beautiful golf course. And we were on ground level. Usually I don't like being on ground level, but you know, it was all interior corridors. So it wasn't like motel-like. So there's no like cars parked outside your door. So it, it was all good there. But being on ground level at the golf course, I actually thought was kind of spectacular, especially as the sun went down and, and everything else. Got to do s'mores. They had fire pits everywhere, like lots of activities. So uh, like shuffleboard, things like that. So a really cool family resort, I think. And then Monterey has a ton to do through Cannery Row, go down to Big Sur. You know, that could be a really good place to, to base yourself if you're not somebody who really cares about the Ventana Big Sur experience or if you're with a family because you can't have kids at uh, Alila. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's uh, a really good. And uh, based on everything else I've seen in the area, I think that's the way to go, at least if you're loyal to Hyatt. So yeah, some updates on that stuff. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about, guys, is an article that Ryan wrote on the site about recognizing people who make your vacation great. And I don't know that we talk about this all enough. I know in this hobby, people love to complain. And I guess that happens, Joe, with like any hobby, right? We know that in the Disney hobby, too. When you get so entrenched and your life becomes so inundated with loving something or being, you know, kind of obsessed with it or whatever it is, you tend to get negative in certain ways and... There's a lot of complaining that happens. And Ryan, you know, in this case, had a really good customer service experience, emailed the general manager of the hotel, and even got personal feedback from the employee about how much they appreciated him doing that. And I think that's a good good reminder to all of us that we should, you know, do stuff like that. Reward the people who do well, especially now as everything is challenged and good service is sometimes not easy to come by. When you get it, I think, we, you know, as customers, we should definitely be rewarding it. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people say reward with your wallet or whatever, but you know, think about in work, if you get a, if you get a raise or you get a attaboy, a lot of people, the attaboy means more than, you know, a little bit more money. So I think that that's the same thing in this, in this situation, you know, somebody seeing that their hard work is actually paying off to people and they're enjoying their experience will mean more than leaving them an extra $5 or whatever it be for, if it's your person cleaning your room or check-in front desk, whatever Whoever it is, I think that situation and then as well as it, you know, gives them a feather in their cap. See, Joe, that is a saying. The people on uh, Wheel of Fortune didn't know feather in the cap, but <laughs> it's cup. OK, come on. So the, um, 
you know, that's a thing that it will make their day and it helps them with their boss and, and everything else. And it, it, it will mean a lot, especially with the amount of stress that everybody that works in the service in- industry is under right now. Yeah, Disney is really good about that. You can compliment cast members in the app. And so I like to do that. I actually wrote to the manager as well for my most recent stay. And I agree. Of course, we want people to be paid more and to have more money. But I do feel like since travel has restarted, the hospitality workers who go above and beyond, they really stand out and they really do a lot to make our travel special, you know, especially with kids. But even, you know, when you're just traveling as adults, little things from flight attendants just, um, you know, smiling and saying hello and being nice or to having a short conversation to people going above and beyond. I I left, uh, I actually, you know, so I did leave a tip for housekeeping and I, you know, you know how like sometimes like you leave it and I wrote tip, but they didn't take it the first day. And so the second day I like, I kind of like had stuff pointing at it and I like wrote tip even bigger and I, and I wrote and I wrote a little note. I was like, thanks so much um, for everything you did. And then that whoever took it that day, they wrote a note back to me, uh, which is really nice as well. So it's just little things like that, you know, remembering that all of us are humans and we're all doing the best job that we can and being appreciative of people, I do think goes a long way. So that was a great shout there by Ryan. And one comment uh, is actually a good reminder of how this can play into travel hacking, right? If you return to properties often and you're staying at a property over several years or you stay at a property more than once, doing this, you know, saying thank you, being really kind to employees, giving them credit and all that, that could pay you back later on with better rooms and things like that. It's not the reason to do it, but certainly if you treat people well and you stay at a property more often and you tip the housekeeper and you do that sort of stuff, you're probably going to get treated better the next time you come back. And so that's a good little hack as well to end this show for this uh, week third week of March in uh, 2022. Two years after COVID began, here we are still talking about travel, still going strong. Happy to be doing it with you guys. So uh, Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As Joe Flies, all of our social media, and you can find me thinking about going to the next Diamond Meetup, which is progress. I was talking to Mark about that today. So join the Diamond uh, group if you want to know when these, when and where these meetups are. What about you, Mark? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. You can email me, Mark, at Miles to Memories. Uh, join the Facebook groups, uh, comment there, or just comment on the website. I'll get back to you there. Shoot us emails, ask us questions, whatever, however you want to do it. Uh, works for us. How about you, Sean? Mark and I do a Vegas show every week on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Miles to Memories. And all of our posts and podcasts and videos and everything related to Miles to Memories can be found at milestomemories.com. And as Joe did say, we have our Diamond Patreon, our Diamond Group with meetups, private Slack, private Facebook group, bonus content every week at patreon.com forward slash milestomemories. Thanks so much to everybody who continues to listen. The show is growing. We really appreciate everybody out there. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Gonna go call 311 about this tree right now. It's an emergency. Within 24 months, uh, on your credit report, right? You can hear that flushing Somebody the toilet upstairs. Or there. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of explosive diarrhea. Oh, PDX Gills guy, right on time. <laughs> <laughs> He's at work though, so it wasn't him. All right.
that um, that mixed. What's a good word for that? Help me. Help I don't me. Know what you're trying to say like right that. Now. Uh oh, that dovetail with those goals that you have. Yeah, and I big think, word, uh, Joe. Dovetail. <laughs> well, it only and took I, me two minutes to figure it out. So, 